Welcome to the You Can Make a Living in the Music Industry podcast from Nashville, Tennessee. I am your host, John Martin Keith. Celebrities, working class musicians, and people who work behind the scenes in all areas of the music industry will share their stories, encourage you, and give practical advice of ways you can make a living doing what you love in the music industry. This episode is brought to you by Edenbrook Productions. Edenbrook Productions is the company I founded to help musicians grow in their craft. Are you a songwriter, but maybe you've been told your songs aren't quite there yet? Or are your songs ready, but you don't feel stage ready? Or maybe music is your passion, but you feel imprisoned by your day job and you don't know what to do next to make your dream a reality. Well, Edenbrook Productions is here to help. We offer consulting services via phone call, Skype, and FaceTime. And for the You Can Make a Living in the Music Industry podcast listeners, we're offering an introductory one-hour consultation special. Click on the link in the show notes to contact me, and let's get you making a living in the music industry. Hey guys, welcome to the show today. This week I'm talking with Scott Dudley with the Sync Music House Push Audio. We are discussing developing your sound and being yourself when creating music for sync, plus the importance of creating songs with a similar vibe as the reference track, but not sound-alikes when it comes to sync music, as well as being able to write and be creative under a deadline, which I can tell you from experience is a lot harder than it sounds. (laughs) Grab a pen and paper and get ready to take lots of great notes. Hey guys, I am sitting here talking with my new friend, Scott Dudley, who is with Push Audio. How are you doing, sir? How's it going, John? Thanks for having me. Good, man. It's good to talk to you. And uh, I appreciate you coming on the show and and sharing your expertise and um, you know all that you do in, in the music industry, especially in the sync licensing world, which I live in quite a bit. And uh, a, lot of, a lot of people that I know are in that world. And so uh, I know you've done a lot you know, throughout your career. You're, you're an artist and a producer, and, and you work as a music supervisor and a creative director with Push Audio. And you've done quite a bit. So um, I wanted to have you on and, and just talk about your story and kind of share some information um, that you can you can share with my listeners and and how to be successful in the music industry. So thank you for coming to do this. Thank you so much, John. My pleasure. And uh, we're still chipping away where we want to be. So uh, it's an honor to come speak on here and kind of show, you know, our path. It was a little bit different than most. Um, You know, we we didn't come along and gather, you know, we did music for 15 years, just the same old, um, you know, drop an album, promote it, release it, shoot a video. and we discovered Sync. Uh, we we did one track for Sony ATV. Um, we didn't think anything of it. We just did the track, walked away, cool, have a good one. Um, and that ended up being used in the McDonald's commercial. We saw it pop up on Netflix. So kind of at a reverse engineering type thing where we had no idea about the Sync world. Um, after that, it kind of opened our eyes to what is this whole new universe? So um, kind of a little bit, you know, I don't know if I should summarize exactly uh the process. But um, after that, we looked online and there's so many different, you know, communities involving in sync. There's so many sync writers. Um, and we did our first year, we're only about three years old. So our first year, uh, we did a ton of production library work, you know, probably with every library under the sun. Um, just thinking that was the method, you know, to plant a whole bunch of seeds and they all would be successful as Sony was to us. Right. Um, but you know, we did that for one year. It's kind of fatiguing because sometimes, you know, when you write specifically for sync, there is sometimes you have a sync writer's mindset where um, I've seen it before. Someone kind of said they have the mindset of create, 
you know, uh, forget about it and rinse and repeat. Like, mm, right. you know, it's, it's when you get to say, I, oh, I wrote a thousand songs in a month. Like, and, you know, you take a step back a little bit and you you look at things where, you know, we did a, a lot for different libraries, but um, seeing the result, you know, if I could rate all of them, you know, I kind of have my favorites. I kind of have people who, you know, push us harder. And, and you know, that's kind of where we fell into where we're at now, where we are the creative house. We keep everything in house. And uh, um, luckily, we're able to kind of reach out because I think our, our genre is, you know, being the hardest to clear in hip hop, it kind of gives us, you know, a little bit of push, you know, no pun, but it's kind of right. like, uh, it gives us that opening where you guys are hard to clear and you're able to do this. So, um, that's it in a nutshell, kind of where we came along to the third year where, um, we're releasing in-house projects and whatnot, but our main, our main focus has been mostly in the commercial world since they use mostly, uh, tracks with vocals. Um, and then we occasionally do the library pools for television and film. So, you know, that's us in a nutshell. We're a small team, five to seven people. We're all creatives. I produce, right? Uh, vocals. So um, we're a creative bunch. That's very cool. And what made you decide that you wanted to start your own company as opposed to continue to write for other companies? Sure. So looking, um, if you draw out, if you reverse engineer like these large companies, um, you have sub publishers, you have, you know, your admin deals, you have everything in place. So they're, that one song, let's just say the one for McDonald's, they're, they're collecting on our behalf. They're, mm -hmm. they're sending it to the sub publishers. Um, then when we look, you know, and, you know, everybody, you know, has to pay the piper, you know, this it's the pipeline. So I look at it like a toll booth. So where Sony has a much larger company, they might have five toll booths before they get to the artist. Where us, we keep the creativity one-to-one. -one. So um, it's literally, if there is a toll booth, of course you have to pay a toll to get from, you know, France to United States. You know, obviously we don't have a, a France office yet, but um, that's kind of the thing where we wanted to do our own so we could minimize the amount of toll booths and, you know, get us, the artists, more money in the end. And, you know, and also a direct-to-creativity type of pipeline where we're working more with the commercial creatives than, you know, get cut off here at this road and the rest is up to the label. So. Yeah, sure. That makes sense. Um, now you've had, you guys have had a lot of success in the advertising world and you also do a lot of, a lot of TV, just, just looking on your website, you know, the work that you guys have done, I see a lot of advertising, um, a lot of drama, you know, you've done stuff with the rookie, that TV show. Um, and just a lot of different, um, you know, advertising with different companies. So when you guys are doing that, like, how are you able to start making connections? Like when you first started push audio as a company and cause there's a lot of people I know that are in the sync world that are starting a lot of writers and producers that thought that have thought, you know, I want to start kind of do the same thing and start my own agency, you know, mm -hmm. and be able to pitch on my own music or pitch on behalf of other people I know that kind of thing. Um, so how have you been able to start reaching out to, you know, to production companies, advertising agencies to say, Hey, you should come and work with us. You should let us create the music for your company or does that make sense? That's a great question. It makes perfect sense. Um, you know, the first year uh, being established, it was kind of like we thought we had to do what everyone else was doing. And, um, you know, particularly like, oh, I have to, you know, not chase, but everyone wants to, you know, be friends with the music supervisors. You want to, you know, send them, take them to lunch. And, you know, all that is good and it is important. But at the end of the day, um, 
if we focused on the music, man, the music, if it's able to speak for itself, um, you know, pretty much 95% of the time, uh, they're going to come to you because you make their job easier. You know, if they can come to you and then the client says, that's exactly what we wanted, you know, they look like rock stars. So, um, you know, when we took that direction to kind of, okay, let's see if we can get more commercial syncs and uh, television music supervisors, you know, they're, they're hounded all day and we, we don't chase them. You know, it's kind of like, if, if they need something, I hope we're able to make the job easier. But um, there's a lot of different places where, you know, at certain conferences, you might have 10 minutes to make a pitch. And, you know, I'm from Virginia. I'm like a old fashioned guy where I, I really love the connection. And if I only have 10 minutes to get to know you, I'd rather not meet you in that context and meet you at a better time where we can sit down and actually talk. Yeah. Uh, and that makes sense. Um, especially, especially at the, the conference level, you know, like you said, people coming and you get like five or 10, maybe if you're lucky, yeah. 10, 10 minutes, I think that's, I think that's being, being pretty generous actually. <laughs> yeah, I, exactly. <laughs> you know, it's like you might get five, I think if you're lucky, uh, most of the time, and then you got to move on. Um, so, and one of the things that I've always, always tried to do in those situations is, is not even so much try to share music at that moment, yeah. but, yeah. but just, just talk and get to know you as a person. And I think that's a better connection because if you can connect on a personal level and st- strike up even, you know, within five or 10 minutes, just strike up a, a, a friendship of sorts, you know, and just realize that you can connect on that kind of level. Then I think that opens up opportunities later on to say, Hey, why don't you, you know, send me some stuff. We don't have too much time now, but you know, go ahead and send me some stuff, you know, but just because you feel that there's a connection as a, with a person. Does that make sense? Absolutely. You know, yeah. I think that is more helpful than try to say, Hey, here's 10 tracks. What do you think real quick? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ex- and you nailed it. You know, there's, I bet you, you know, a lot of people, they nail the opening where it's like, uh, the music supervisor probably is like, dude, I, I love them. You know, as a, pr- that's the most important thing to, as a person that you want to work together. And there's probably times where it's like, I really hope they got really good music. And it's like, cause I really want to work with them. And then when right. it all comes together, cause you're right, that is the main thing of, um, at the end of the day, you want them to be like, I would love to work with them no matter where I would love to work again. And it was a good experience. Yeah. Well, for an example of that for me was, um, you know, a few months ago I got this, I, I attended a sync conference and mm-hmm. I was an attendee, but I was also a speaker. Uh, I got to speak on a panel and there was another guy that had, had spoken on a panel as well. And he has a company and writes, um, works with music for, for, you know, advertising commercials mm-hmm. and things like that. And of course they're doing the, you know, you got the, here you get five, 10 minutes, everybody just kind of take turns and go mm-hmm. and meet all the, the, the people. And, you know, I finally got up to talk with them and, you know, we just started talking, you know, I just like, you know, tell me about your business and about what you do and yeah. what you're like, whatever. And throughout the conversation, I happened to mention a co-writer and a co-producer that I work with and not even knowing that this guy might know who this person is. Mm. Didn't, didn't even cross my mind. And I happened to throw out his name for whatever reason. And he's like, he's like, Oh yeah, I know, I know him. Um, we've worked together before. He's a great guy. And, um, and all of a sudden there was that, we knew somebody we that is mutual, awesome. We had a mutual friend. Yeah. And because of that, he's like, well, dude, let's do something together here. You know, I got this commercial that I'm getting to work on. Won't you send me, um, you know, I'll send you the brief for it and, and see what we can do with it. And so all of a sudden I had an in at this company that mm. I would have never dreamed of, you know, getting to actually work with, but I had wanted to, 
Mm. You know, I was trying to get into that world. And so that op- opened up this door. And now I get to write music, you know, at least pitch music, you know, for advertising now in ways that I couldn't before. And just because of, we, we just took a personal connection, just had a conversation. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's beautiful because that, that's kind of the thing where I, my, our motto is kind of like good people do good business. So, you know, the fact that you had a good experience with that writer and, and so did he. And, you know, if, if it was bad, you know, it could have been, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like I don't want to work with you. So um, yeah. that's a great thing, you know, and that's how shoot. That's like a small world type of scenario. It really is. Yeah, because this dude's like, you know, at the other end of the country and it's just a wild you know, just a crazy experience. And it does just show you how small this world really is. Absolutely. You know, everyone's connected in some way and everybody pretty much knows everybody one way or the other. Absolutely. Um, So let me ask you this, kind of just going back, if we can go a little more into detail, if you're Mm -hmm. able to. Sure. Um, So like, again, so when you first started out with, with push audio and you started reaching out to advertisers uh, or production companies or whoever it was, how did you make those connections? Like, how did you reach out to, um, you know, whoever was d- producing, you know, uh, a McDonald's, I- I'm just making something up here, but like, you know, the McDonald's ad, n- not the one that, not the one that you did for a Sony ATV, but mm-hmm. you know, hypothetical situation here, you know, the production company is doing the commercials or, or, uh, a necklace company ad, whatever, you know, how are you reaching out to them to say, this is who we are. We would love to work with you and be the person that you choose to use for the music for your advertising. You know, how did you make that connection? Does that make sense? Absolutely. makes perfect sense. And like, uh, it's totally for each commercial. It's, it can all be a little bit different, you know, for, for some of our early works, you know, there was a few companies that kind of gave us an opportunity where it was like, kind of like when you, when you need job experience and everyone else is Mm -hmm. looking for three years of, you know, it's kind of like, you know, we'll take a risk, we'll do a, a web commercial. And then, you know, you successfully do that because, um, when there's a risk, you know, you never, you can always be afraid if someone has samples or they didn't write it or whatnot. So um, it was a few companies that kind of gave us a chance, an opportunity. And um, there were also scenarios where it may be another, you know, sound design company, you know, it may be another, you know, that's the way I word it. Like, you know, we're not, you know, any, anyone to view another company similar to theirs as uh, competition versus collaborators, you know, it's all, a, it's all in your mind, you know, it's all how secure are you in your, in your ability to create. So um, we've worked with a lot of different sound design agencies. So the totem pole can be a different structure on each job. Usually they might come to us. I usually say like, whenever we get a brief for 24 hours, it's like, we were the last leg, you know, they tried every other company and we're the last, we're the last leg and hopefully we can slam dunk it. But every different commercial has a different structure. You know, it could be with the agency. It could be with another uh, sound design company. We're coming in to provide some hip hop mixed in with their, you know, it's kind of, uh, it's, everything's different. All of them are different. Mm-hmm. Are you guys only doing hip hop music or do you do like a multiple genre? Yeah, we do multiple genres. You know, it's, we're kind of getting into, you know, a little bit of, crossover hybrid deals um you know for for hip-hop and pop we're requested a lot for that so i kind of tell people like uh hey don't forget we do everything else but at the same time it's uh we're going to continue doing you know hip-hop and pop and you know we have a couple hybrid projects in mind that who knows we might do a mariachi hip-hop combination who knows (laughs) but kind of like that that's cool well i i do know that hip-hop is one of the main requested types mm-hmm. of music that there is for sync because there's so little of it that is clean yeah 
you know, and so that's a, always a big ask for people asking for that kind of music. And so if you've got it and you can provide it and the fact that you guys kind of specialize in that, you know, that sets you apart in, in really good ways. Absolutely. You nailed it. And and also like when people have clean music, like especially in hip hop, you might you have to remember it's not just about the words, like it's also the context, like what we're talking about. Like I can't mm-hmm. just bleep out one word like I'm still saying what I said, but right. you got to, you know, kind of we kind of create organically. So there are some songs where I, I'll know off, you know, off top, like, yeah, that's not going to be in a Wheaties commercial anytime soon. Not with that hook, but we right. still like, you know what? But we don't create specifically for sync, man. We just, you know, kind of keep it organic. And, and, you know, if the hook's dirty, just let it ride, man. It, it'd be used for something else. Right. Um, so what got you into music? Let's just back up for a minute. And, and t- where are you, you said you're from Virginia. Mm-hmm. And what got you into music to begin with? Sure. You know, uh, since 13, 14, you know, I've been producing, writing, rapping uh, with the same with the same group, the same crew that's now uh, Push Audio. You know, we're, we've known each other since T-Ball. So um, loyalty is, is something where I know it's in stone. And I think that's why we we've able to move uh, in this direction so fluidly. We started off doing music when we were so young um, and we did pretty much, uh, like I mentioned, just release albums. I produced for a couple, you know, medium, you know, higher up names and whatnot. And um, what I learned from that is uh, whenever you plant these seeds, man, you, you know, the big names, they don't always, yeah, you get a little bit of promotion, but you're not, it doesn't, you know, you're not going to pay your house off. And, you know, mm-hmm. even if you have like, um, you know, the number one single on the album, you know, I know pr- producers I work with, even out here in, uh, LA that I've met, it's kind of like, dude, you have to consecutively have the single or whatnot in order to make a, a decent living. Um, so they're into sync as well, you know, so kind of uh, just to backtrack, you know, being from Virginia, there's not really a big sync world over there. So it was just, hey, make beats, we drop albums, might produce for a, you know, a decent known artist and set back and see what happened, what happened with those seeds. And um, they didn't provide me a way of uh, the way of living that I wanted. So it's kind of like the sync world, you know, music is a commodity and you look around and say, who's willing to pay for your music the most. And it's uh, in the sync game. Yeah, that's true. Especially nowadays. It's definitely changed since the nineties. Yeah. You know, when it was, when radio was the king. Absolutely. And before I, but you know, before my time, it was like, I wish I discovered sync earlier um, because I know the sync fees used to be like astronomically larger. <laughs> right. Uh, and I think that's the way it, it, it's that way in everything musically, you know, yeah. it, it's all gone downhill, but I, from, from what I know, sync is still now the largest return on investment, I think, yeah. you know, over anything, but, but you're right. It has dropped even from what it was just even a few years ago from the, the people I know that have been in this world for a long, long time. Absolutely. Um, what's some advice that you would share with some people you know, I got a lot of listeners that, again, that are in the sync world as artists, as producers. Um, what would you encourage them in doing? Like, you know, when they're, as they're, as they're trying to be successful doing this. And most of the people I know, I know some people that have been in it for a few years. I know some people that are just now trying to get started. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but from where you are now, what is some information, some information, some advice that you could share, you know, for people that are kind of in the middle of it? Absolutely. You know, there's uh, just discovering kind of this whole different world. I know um, there's a lot of different, you know, mindsets where, um, 
you know, my, my personal experience are, are just from my opinion, I would say take feedback from from other people with a grain of salt. Like, I don't know if I'm hard headed, but the value, it depends, you know, are we, mm-hmm. are we both creating together? But if you take a hip hop track to someone who composes for, um, you know, who knows the Avengers and you, and he gives you some feedback, it may be valuable, but at the same time, don't go change your whole style. You know, don't, don't switch up, you know, just kind of, there's a lot of different directions where people, try to listen to references and create sound alikes. And um, that's like, that's I mean, just my personal advice is, man, stay away from all that. You know, the more unique and individual you are, the higher the demand for your style, you know? So, um, you know, in summary, I think there are certain things of feedback that are, are important, but don't take every, every type of feedback with a huge, I got to change everything. Cause you know, develop your own, sound don't do sound alikes and um in the end it's going to be your sound is the fresh new sound like i've never heard anything like this so if you accept all these ideas from everyone in the universe of course they've heard something like that so be mm-hmm. yourself is my, my best advice sure and that makes total sense now I, I will i will say when you're writing for music libraries which is a little different mm-hmm. than than the sync licensing um and I think you, you said that you've written for some libraries starting out. So you mm-hmm. might, you might know this as well, but, um, when you write for a, a library, you know, they send you a brief and mm-hmm. they're looking for specific genre. Uh, cause a lot of it's under, you know, in, instrumental underscore underneath dialogue on reality shows, that kind mm-hmm. of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, or sports, a lot of sports music, you know, when you're listening, watching baseball or football or NASCAR, all those any of that kind of stuff and hear the music in the background, you know, that's all library music for the most part, but they're looking for specific genres and, you know, not so much sound alikes, you know, cause I know that that's a fine line to walk. It sounded like it's a dangerous yeah, line big time. to walk. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there is a time and place for it, mm-hmm. but it's, it's rare. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and one of the things that I've learned is when someone says, you know, I want music that is similar to this particular band. They're not looking for you to copy that particular song. Exactly. They're looking. They're looking for the vibe, the feeling of what that song. Exactly. You know. So I think that's an important, you know, distinction to make when when somebody says we want music that sounds like this. You're actually looking for a vibe or a feeling of the you know that they are portraying, but not that specific. You know, trying to knock them off necessarily. Mm. You know. Exactly. Nailed it. Yeah, it's a it's a Vince McMahon quote. It's funny to quote WWE and we're talking about music, but <laughs> he says, yep. you know, kind of one of his quotes is always give the people what they want, never what they expect. So that kind of applies to any brief. Like, you know, if you get something in, uh, you kind of know what they want, you know, give them better than that song. You know, there's a reason where they might not have chose that song definitely because they couldn't afford it. But at the s- same time, you know, don't just give them a, a Kellogg, you know, I mean, a Kroger brand type of song, you know, go ahead, give them something better than that. So I completely agree. That's cool. Um, so tell me about with push audio, cause you guys do multiple things, right? Absolutely. Uh, to give us the listeners, you know, an idea of all the different things that you guys do as a company. Sure. You know, so right now we're kind of in the rhythm of, you know, we're, we're more of a creative house than a production music library. So, um, we kind of operate as of, let's say like um, a, a record label, but with the perks of production music libraries. So we're, we clear both sides. We're, we're all one stop. 
Um, we create everything in house right now. We're doing about an album a month, all kind of different ideas, crazy off the wall stuff, you know, um, you know, we're not necessarily tailoring all of our music specifically for commercials. So we occasionally get library pools for film and television. We're, we're kind of in the mix with trailers. Now we're doing a little bit of everything, you know, so we're always looking for different kind of artists and whatnot. Um, literally we do a lot of hip hop and pop, but man, you know, I've, I've met some people out here where they've produced, you know, musicals and it's like, Oh, this is going to be the first hip hop track you've ever done. And it's so exciting because usually it comes out very fresh, very new, and you never heard anything like it. Hmm. That's cool. Yeah. Um, so when you're doing like the, you know, the quote unquote production music, that's from my understanding is similar to what I do when, you know, for a library or for, um, the company I was telling you about that I write for, Mm -hmm. for, um, for commercials, you know, they're, because they're getting a brief from the client. Mm -hmm. So let's, let's say it's, you know, uh, Nestle Toll House, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, absolutely. Nestle, you know, that company, they're wanting a commercial um, and they're wanting music put to that. And they will say, we want music that's kind of in this genre. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe here's some lyrics, some lyric ideas or phrases or whatever that we would like to, to have put in that. And then mm-hmm. they want you to create that, to create music around that. So are you getting, are you guys getting that kind of stuff thrown at you yeah absolutely that's where we kind of work best you know it's a lot of stuff where we'll get a 24 hour 48 hour maybe less um yeah brief and you know it's like it's like put out the bat signal call the avengers assemble and like everyone Mm -hmm. just kind of come together and uh create a song and it's it's definitely a blessing that we're able to pull off full songs actually sound like it you know i mean man this doesn't sound like it took took you three hours you didn't rush it and um it's something that especially in the commercial industry usually i don't know why but especially on the ones we we get called in at the last minute it's always <laughs> can you have something by by tomorrow morning you got yeah. kind of eight hours and you know kind of try to save the day well i think i think that's actually a pretty normal thing yeah. from my experience is that when it comes to to sync music on any level it's always a last minute thing because you're the last part of the puzzle yeah you know and it's like it's getting ready to go to edit and we need the music now so you nailed you got, it <laughs> you yeah maybe 24 hours if you're lucky to get something maybe from scratch you got to create something out of thin air and turn it in like it's a final that is a final product that you would put on the radio exactly you know, that's a huge, exactly it's a huge you know thing to have to tackle but you know, for those of us that are able to do that, like that's why we're successful because you can do that in a short amount of time. Yeah. That's a huge part in the output. You know, there's some artists where, you know, perfection can be a gift and a curse. So it's like, and it, there are some artists that say I have a hundred songs written and they don't have one song released. And it's like, yeah, when, when you have these short notice ones, the, like uh, when, when someone sends out a brief, that's their last, that's their last call for help. Cause usually they're going to try to find it in libraries. They're going to try to search what they already got. You know, if they ever send out a brief, that means, man, I can't find anything for this. So um, perfection, if you're not able to kind of write and actually release a song, you know, not necessarily in two hours, but still it's like, that's kind of, you have to kind of get your brain where um, you got to be able to put a stamp on it, you know, and, and that night you have to create it and wrap it up. You know, sometimes people get into making adjustment, making changes, and then you, you don't want to send them a song next week. Cause you've missed, you, you know, you missed, missed the boat. Yeah. Well, and another thing that you're, that's a good point is that, um, when we're creating music and it's, it's such a quick turnaround, 
Mm-hmm. And, the, you know, if they like it and they keep calling you back, it's because you're flexing that muscle. Yeah. You're doing it all the time. You know, if you're, it's not when, when inspiration strikes, it's when a deadline is calling. There you go. You know, and if you can write to a deadline and you've got a, a very, a very, you know, specific time limit that you have to get something done. If you can be creative in, in, in that constraint. Yeah. Then I think that's such a huge positive yeah you know, for you because if you can only create something whenever inspiration hits and you have you know and you you know i think that's where that's the difference between success and fit no, i don't say failure I, that's a wrong term but success in in the sync world if you can't do that um on a regular basis you're not going to be as successful exactly and and also like you know the expectations you know some people might it might exhaust them i just wrote a song and oh they didn't choose it i'm never going to do it again like no no Mm -hmm. this is a numbers game you know it's like and you know our motto is uh no songs wasted it's like there are plenty of times where we might have did a bespoke song for a low budget movie right and then it didn't get chose and then it goes on to be in a high budget commercial so it's literally no matter what, if it doesn't get selected, you still have a new song. You know, you still made something new. Sure. Um, what about, I want to ask you about um, starting Push Audio as a company. So for people that are listening, again, like I said, you know, there's people that I know that are in the sync world that are starting their own companies because they're wanting to become licensing agents mm-hmm. or music supervisors or, or whatever. Most of them that I know are, are kind of starting their own licensing agency so that they can pitch their music to supervisors or pitch other artists' music on their behalf and that mm-hmm. kind of thing, um, which makes you a gatekeeper to the music supervisor exactly. and, the, and the production companies, which, mo- which most music supervisors want. They want there to be someone in between them and the artist slash producers. You got it. Right. Absolutely. So um, when you guys started that company to kind of be that, you know, that gatekeeper of sorts to the music supervisors that you're working with or the production companies, whatever. um, What's some advice that you would tell people that are wanting to start their own companies? Like, you know, how, how did you go about creating push audio as a company and like the, the logistical nightmare that ensues <laughs> trying oh, to start a company. Absolutely. That makes perfect sense. You know, when we first started, we were pitching a lot. Um, we still do pitch on a brief by brief basis, basis like outside music. Um, but yeah, literally like um, it wasn't until we offered, you know, basically we started rolling out our in-house projects where that they were things that we produced from start to finish and over, you know, kind of look overlooked everything of it where, you know, when you have, a whole bunch of non-exclusive agencies and they're all pitching the same thing and you know it can it can get oversaturated so you know most likely it's like the music supervisors you know when we first started we were pitching kind of a little bit of you know our musics you know new artist music and um we kind of don't do that now unless it's like um on an in-house project because we know you're not going to be getting that anywhere else so uh, it was tough starting off and just kind of Cause I know there's a lot of non-exclusive companies out there. Uh, we, mm-hmm. we kind of signed up with almost our first year when we did projects, we signed up for every non-exclusive one. Um, from my experience, like the non-exclusive ones didn't do much, but the exclusive ones that we, we did projects for, they, they got something done. So it's kind of like, um, you know, the way we operate now is the in-house projects. It wasn't until we converted to doing that where we started to say like, Oh, okay. Cause they know we have something different, you know, it, we'll, we're going to pitch something that not everyone has. Right. 
Um, that's interesting that you that you mentioned the non-exclusive versus exclusive, and mm-hmm. that you did not have a lot of success with not non-exclusive. Yeah, because and I say that because most most um, sync licensing agents are non-exclusive, mm-hmm. um, and you know, and I work with a few of them, and they're all great companies. And then there are ones that are that work only exclusive. Yeah, um, and, and they're great companies as well. It it depends on what you're wanting to do you know if you want to have the freedom quote unquote freedom to be able to do other stuff with your music because when you're signed to exclusively to a company that's it yeah if if they can't get your song placed somewhere then it's not getting placed exactly you know you're kind of you're almost held hostage in this in a way oh, you know so you have to be really careful with that make sure that you're you're finding companies that are exclusive that are actually going to do something you know with your music yeah yeah um, and i completely completely agree you know and like that motto like never give music away <laughs> like we're guilty yeah. of it our first our first year where it was like because we thought everyone was gonna you know hit the hit the ground like uh sony did we thought we were gonna see it everywhere and um just my you know i would just say from my experience like never just give music away where you know there's people saying hey you know will you accept my 10 songs like man let the company take the risk let them either give you an advance or pay for it because if you just give it to them you're taking all the risk and hoping that they might do something with it mm-hmm. yeah and the advantage to being non-exclusive for people that are just kind of listening and getting kind of getting into this world to begin with you know the, the advantage to non-exclusive exclusive is that you can sign, sign the same song to you know a couple of different agencies and you have to be careful with that because if you know, I know supervisors don't like having the same song coming from multiple people. Yeah, exactly. At the same time. So you have to be careful as how many people are signing that. Uh, you know, I, I try to limit it to two or three at the, at the most. Mm-hmm. Um, a song to two or three agents at once that are non-exclusive that can pitch on my behalf. Um, so you just have to be really careful with that. And, you know, I've had success through an exclusive agent and has have had some placements because of that, which has been great. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and then again, there's the music library side, which is a little different than the sync licensing side. Um, but and there's been, there's success for everyone in all these different ways. And it's just, everyone's going to be different. So it's, it's interesting to hear that you've had more success on the exclusive because most of the people I know, I think have, have had more success on non-exclusive. Yeah, exactly. You know, and we, yeah. We've had some good, good non-exclusive people. I would say maybe, uh, cause I remember we base, I remember looking at a stack of contracts when we first started and I'm, not joking when I say probably every non-exclusive place under the sun. Um, but I would say maybe eight to 10% actually are, are, um, kind of active. So, I mean, it's like a numbers game, you know, I don't think, you know, I don't regret it, but like, it was like, man, just kind of, there's some good ones out there, but at the same time, there's a lot, you know, you, you know, exalt all your resources into one and he might, they might not do anything. So we just kind of trinkled all around. Yeah. So with your company, you're, your creative director slash music supervisor. Mm-hmm. So go ahead. You're going to say something. Yeah. I, I was going to say, yeah, the music supervision is kind of like, since there's not a title for commercials, um, like that's like, there's no music supervision com- for commercials. There's like, I guess like music directors for commercials, but uh, yeah, this is supervision for commercials, not necessarily film or television. Yeah. That, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are a, a lot like a licensing agency mm-hmm. is basically what you are. And so when I see music supervisor listed underneath that for what 
what your company is. I want people to make that understand the distinction of what is you're doing, because if uh, if a TV show is reaching out to you, it's you, it's a music supervisor from a TV show is reaching out to you. Exactly. the question is, is why would a music supervisor reach out to a music supervisor? Exactly. Yeah, it's, it's funny because like we were sitting here, we we're like, dude, we need to rebrand. And I'm like, man, like, what is the word? What is the term? And you nailed it. You know, a lot of people are like the music supervision. And I'm like, nah, only for commercials. No, not film or television. Like not, right. not yet, maybe, but yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. kind of like, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's why I wanted to, to ask and just make that distinction so people who are listening and maybe looking at the website are like, okay, what, why is this, what this is? So absolutely. Um, that's good. Now let me ask you this. Do you, because you guys are, you know, you say you got what five or seven uh, people that are part of the company and you guys mm-hmm. have been together since T-ball. So you've grown up together to create this company. Do you work with writers and producers that are outside of your company and ever bring, you know, bring in their music to, to pitch for opportunities or to write music for, you know, whether it's advertising or TV show type stuff or oh, is, is everything completely in-house for you guys? Yeah, all the time. You know, there's like, uh, we're still a small camp, but uh, we always look for new artists, uh, new talent to mix it up. Uh, even if it's a vocalist, we can write something together. Like the the more the merrier, you know, and, and kind of we're like a really family environment. So like what's most important like there's so many talented musicians that are, you know, oh, you got the best voice. You, you're the best guitar player. But um, who you are as a person matters most. You know, we can always we can always sharpen tools together. But but, yeah, you know, we're always looking for new talent and most most importantly, good people to work with. So what kind of music are you looking for when you're when you're bringing in outside artists to work with or writers? Sure. You know, we're open to everything. You know, it could be a male male or female singer. You know, we're kind of looking for a female uh, trap, you know, kind of not necessarily trap, but like a female rapper. Um, even if we find one, we can still look for another to mix it up. And um, there is no restriction on the type of people we we kind of we're hoping to do like a trailer project soon with a trailer hip hop type of mixture. So even if it's like you compose for movies or films, uh, there's always something new to be created. So there's no limit on a genre that we look for. Are you guys, um, are you doing non-exclusive with the artist or are you doing it? it- doing exclusive sure so we have two different layers so the non-exclusive is more like uh on a brief by brief basis where hey there's this commercial in um we're looking at what we got we would like to add two more songs um you mind if we add two of yours and we'll add that to the batch and pitch you know kind of just a agreement to pitch um but those uh those are literally just for that one brief um where our in-house projects we call collectives and um those go out everywhere. They go to our sub publishers. They're a little bit more proactive and uh, definitely have more success in the sync, um, <clears throat> sync realm, but we do non-exclusive on a brief by brief basis. Okay. So can you talk about that a little deeper as far as the, the specific, the, with the sub pubs and that kind of thing? Sure. Uh, so for the first one, um, so for the pitch in one, it's just pretty simple. Um, you know, we include, we pitch on your behalf and it depends on the spot. We have different percentages um, and, the collective, the one with the sub publishers where um, those are kind of like we're giving them um, proactively music we know that they'll need. So it's kind of like, of course, the briefs, that's the last leg. So the the collectives is giving you what you need on the first leg. So hopefully you'll pull from that before you ask us for a brief. So you're writing music specifically for um, what someone's looking for and that 
in that instance like it's a it's like a custom music for that you got it yeah so we do uh kind of like you know not necessarily chasing the demand because um we'll look and see what we got you know breathed for a lot last year we'll say you know what we should do a valentine's album right you know it's Mm -hmm. like that might not be as successful as we have an album called push paradise where that was really successful in the fashion. It was tropical, happy, up-tempo, where the Valentines might be a little bit more lovey-dovey. And, um, but that's the kind of way we piece together the compilations where um, hopefully they remember, hey, I remember this Paradise album had a ton of stuff like that. And uh, while not necessarily presenting it like a production music library, it's just like a compilation with a couple artists. We we all gather to do it in the in, in music of this realm, like you could throw on a mixtape and, and have a cookout to this album. Right. Sure. So if an artist wants to reach out to you, um, that's interested in working with you guys on some level, then how do you suggest they, they contact you? Sure. You know, by all means, we have, uh, our main email is submissions at push.audio that goes to the team. So everyone kind of, you know, someone, everyone will listen to it. So we're always looking the website. You can also reach out on the website directly, um, push.audio. So it doesn't matter what I'm sorry. .com or .org or yeah, no.com. That's the weird thing. Uh, oh, it's just .audio. Really? Yeah, they offered .audio domains a couple of years ago. I think they still do, but yeah, Gmail doesn't like them. Uh, doesn't like them at all. So sometimes we get spam box, but uh, push.audio. Okay, that's good. Yeah, when I went to the website earlier and was checking out, I just was Googling push.audio and it went straight to the website. I thought, that's odd. Why did it do that? <laughs> that's but pretty that makes, tricky. Now I know. Okay. <laughs> So submissions at push.audio. You got it. And that's the perfect way to reach us. And it doesn't matter what genre you do. Um, you could p- play the ukulele. You know, we could come up with something together. Well, good news. I play ukulele. So. Oh, so boom. I knew it. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> How did you know? You know, it's just, yeah. That's perfect. Uh, <laughs> so well, maybe we can do some stuff together then. That'd be fun. Absolutely. hundred um, percent. So, um, so real quick, when you and I first met, I actually had found you, I was researching sync licensing agencies and that kind of thing. And I found an article that you had written um, a couple of years ago, but it was called top five tips for music licensing. Mm-hmm. And so um, I just wanted to, for a minute, so that's how I found out about you and reached out to you. I was like, okay, I got to talk to this guy and, um, and have him on my show. So I just wanted to talk about this briefly with you for a minute, if we can kind of you know, discuss what these five things are for you. Absolutely. And, and how to apply it, you know, how people listening can apply it to what they're doing. Um, and so I'll just, let me read what they are. Uh, number five was presentation slash metadata Four four is mastering quality. Three is session sessions files of av- available. Number two is networking. And number one is professionalism. Absolutely. Yeah. You nailed it. You know, the metadata is uh, so important where, you know, you want to tag everything before you pitch it. You want to make sure, you know, the writers, if you have any moods, um, because when they ingest it in their system, it doesn't matter if it's iTunes, disco, source audio. Um, once you have it over there, unless you have some type of share going on, um, you can't go update that file. So it's best to have everything. So you may um, luckily pop up in the search. You know, the, the, one, the song we did for Sony ATV, one, uh, one of the verses, my brother, Speak Easy, he mentioned McDonald's, right? So I don't know if they got on there and they searched McDonald's in the lyrics because whoever knows how it came up along that, um, 
that could have been how it happened. So without it being tagged, it might not have been found. Um, the number four is mastering quality. You know, it's a lot of great songs. Unless they have a kick, unless they sound ready for production, um, it's not going to it's just going to stop right there. It doesn't matter how brilliant it is. They'll turn it off probably within the first three seconds. Um, the session files being available whenever, you know, especially commercials, whenever they request the session files, you might want to go ahead and do the shimmy dance because that means they're really, really considering it and they're toying right. with it to the video. Um, session, file, session files meaning like the stems. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So always have those uh, lined up. Uh, the number two, networking. Uh, the reason I mentioned that kind of networking and not necessarily chasing supervisors or chasing anyone is like when you mentioned um, you and the other companies sharing the same co-writer, you know, it's a great networking. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't say go all gun ho with, you know, sending rose packages and and wine boxes to supervisors like it's cool and everything but most importantly just network with not just supervisors but creatives in general um and the last one is professionalism so uh, that's one where we try to take pride in the the good people good business methodology so it's I want people to really want to work with us again. Like that's it at the bottom line. Um, there's sometimes where it might be a lower budget. You know, some people, they might say, no, I'm not interested. So even if it's not something, um, you know, that doesn't pay off super well in the beginning, you might get a better payoff in that relationship. You know, there's a lot of people who work on a low budget YouTube video and their next project may be a high budget commercial. You know, that's just the way it works in the creative world. So we try to never leave anyone dry. We try to keep it professional. And um, when, when everything's said and done with the project, we hope all parties are like, Hey, I can't wait to work again. So that's it. Yeah. That's professionalism. Yeah. How, thank you for sharing all that. Um, <laughs> How often do you get a callback to work with the company a second time or a third time? Like how, how often has that worked for you guys? Shoot, man. I like to say, uh, I, I'm pretty sure, I don't know if I pull up the books, but we have a hundred percent ratio. You know, there's never, man, like my motto, man, even with artists or companies, man, you, you never burn a bridge. You know, it's like, just, just, I can't, like, I can't speak so much on that, but the being a good person and you know, I look at this as an elevator and some people might get off on the wrong floor, but you don't you don't burn a bridge. You know, if you get off on that floor, you know, that's that's great. But, you know, the emotions and any negativity, you don't you don't want to incorporate that into your business. And, you know, just, hey, just be happy and, and be thankful that you can do what you love to do. So, um, yeah, definitely. That's cool. Um, let me ask you this as creative director of Push Audio. Um, that's your main title as creative director. Mm -hmm. Can you, can you kind of walk us through just briefly what your, the, your day-to-day -day looks like, you know, what does a day in the life of Scott Dudley look like at, you know, as the creative director of push audio? Sure. That's a great question. So if we have any briefs in, um, you know, that's kind of what I assemble where, um, I look at the artists that we have, uh, that who might be a, the best fit for this. Sometimes I send them out to just, you know, everyone on hand. Um, I look and see, okay, this artist is great at this. I piece together kind of like, um, you know, uh, like a mission, you know, this is the mission for this project. Um, on top of that, I also oversee the collectives where, you know, we're doing this album this month. And, you know, even when you say, you know, you release one album a month, it's a lot more work than you, you would think, because, you know, once one is done with distribution, you, you have to have the other one like two weeks later in order to meet the deadline for the next one. So, you know, always overseeing every aspect of creativity, but 
the first thing and the first priority are when the briefs come in, we assemble the team and we get and we get the things rolling. So when when briefs come in, what would you say like would be the percentage of, you know, because like you said, you got your in-house team, that's your main team. Mm-hmm. And then you've got, you know, outside artists and producers and writers that you, you work with from time to time. So between those two worlds, you know, when a brief comes in, what do you do you think would be the percentage of you know, of jobs that you're doing in-house compared to working with people coming in from the outside. Does that make sense? Yeah, it per- makes perfect sense. It's a good mixture. You know, I would say um, even if we have something like a hip hop request, I still sometimes like to trinkle in a couple outside songs, you know, so we work with different um, libraries and labels where we might reach out to them and say, hey, you know, if you want to include any any of your material and, you know, even with that, we don't include everything they send and still has to kind of go through our uh, kind of, you know, do we feel like this is a good pitch for this opportunity? And um, I would say 50-50. It's always good to trinkle in a little bit of new and different looks from different companies. So we, we would probably pitch. Um, it, it probably looks like uh, maybe 70-30, you know, 70 in-house and 30% out outhouse. Yeah, that's good. Cool. Dude, man, thank you so much for, for coming on and let me talk with you and just share your information and with what you guys do. And, um, you know, I know this is great information that people can take and put into practice into their careers. And that's my, that's my hope and my goal that as listeners will do that, um, hearing from you. And so I'm just grateful that you've been, been willing to come on and, and talk with us and, and share your expertise and what you're doing. And, you know, you guys are, you're killing it. You're doing, you're doing exactly what you've set out to do. And I'm, I'm grateful to see that you're being successful with that. I know you will continue to do so. So I appreciate it very much. Thank you so much, John. And and thank you for having me. And I'm excited for us to create something together, man. So we'll definitely have to cook it together. Awesome. Sounds good, man. Well, you have a great day and we'll talk to you again soon. Awesome. Thank you, John. Take care, guys. All right, guys, there you go. I hope you enjoyed our conversation today and that you're able to, once again, as we talk about at the end of each episode, that you're able to take what we talked about and that you're able to apply it to your career, to the things that you are wanting to do in the music industry. Please let me know how this is working out for you. I really, really am interested in knowing um, how things are working out with your career and how you're able to take these different episodes, these conversations and interviews that we're having and how you're able to apply them to what you specifically are trying to accomplish in the music industry. You can email me at contact at johnmartinkeith.com. I would love to hear from you. And also, I would really love to know if you have any specific questions that relate to what you're trying to do in music. If you have things that you want to know about and that you have questions that you would like me to ask future guests, please email those to me. Uh, or you can, on the Facebook podcast page, you can make a living in the music industry on, on Facebook. You can uh, send me messages there, and I would love to be able to incorporate those into future episodes. And also, do me a favor, if you are liking the podcast, whatever platform you're listening to it on, would you please subscribe to that? Like the podcast there and share it with all of your friends. Let everyone know about it. That would be awesome. Remember, Edenbrook Productions is here to help. If you need consulting services via phone call, Skype, Zoom, or FaceTime, please let us know how we can help you begin to make a living in the music industry. 